This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the Week 14 Audio Edition. How's everybody doing? Hope we all had a good Week 13. Happy holidays to everyone. Playoffs are nearly upon us. N- another week for most of my leagues. Locked up a few playoff spots already, but many more to come. So let's get locked in. Let's get those cornerbacks figured out for week 14. And we've got some great options this week. There are some really good matchups. So let's get right into it. First things first, let's start with transparency for last week, as is tradition. So for the written article last week, I was 81% accurate on 54 adjusted calls, 57 originally before three of them were either inactive or injured. We had six teams on by last week. So that kind of explains why, you know, we're down to just 57 calls last week. It's normally somewhere around the 70 area, but only two teams on by this week. So we've got plenty of options in week 14. We also had a 50% massive hit rate last week, so half of all of the correct calls either doubled, tripled, or quadrupled or more their projections, so really good week for massive hits last week. For the season, I am 81% accurate with 47% of all correct calls being massive hits. All right, let's look at some audio transparency from last week's audio edition. So for the guys that I said were likely cornerback ones and twos, Devin Witherspoon doubled his projection. Paulson Adebo doubled his projection. Jalen Ramsey was under projection. Benjamin St. Just was under projection for the first time this entire season. Chavarius Ward doubled his projection. And Cam Taylor-Britt was inactive and then sent to IR. For dart throws last week for the audio edition, Deron Bland doubled his projection. Brian Branch doubled his projection. Alante Taylor got past his projection. Roger McCreary went past his projection. Kendall Fuller went past his projection. Jaquan McMillian doubled his projection. Diamador Lenoir was under projection. Carrington Valentine was past his projection. And Mike Hilton doubled his projection. So audio calls last week, 11 of 15 were correct. Seven of those 11 that were correct were massive hits. We had one inactive with Cam Taylor-Britt and three legitimate misses. So pretty, pretty good. Looking good with that. Accuracy has been good all year, so continues to look that way. Let's turn the page and look at Week 14, and we'll start with some of the best matchups for Week 14. And there are two that really stick out, and you probably don't need, need me to tell you what they are. The first one is Bills at Chiefs. This has got an early 48-point over-under, which is excellent. That's way up there. Suggests plenty of offense. The Bills are the fifth overall passing attack in the league. The Chiefs are the seventh. The Bills target their wide receivers. Excuse me. The Bills are the fifth overall passing attack. They target their wide receivers seventh most overall. And the Chiefs are the seventh overall passing attack in middle of the pack for their wide receiver targets. So really good setup there. Only negative is it's outdoors in Kansas City early December, so weather could be an issue. The other really good game this week to target for cornerback streaming is Eagles at Cowboys. This has got a 50-point over-under, which is really big number. That's excellent. 
this is indoors in Dallas at Jerry World, so really good stuff right there. The Eagles are just outside the top third of the league for both their overall passing attack and wide receiver targets. The Cowboys are the third best passing attack in the league, and they target their wide receivers the 10th most overall. You know, Plus, we got a ton of points the first time these guys met up, and that was outdoors in Philadelphia. Things are a little more conducive to offense indoors in Jerry World. So two great matchups there for Week 14 that we'll definitely be targeting. Uh, we've also got a good amount of one-sided matchups in Week 14 that give us plenty of value if we choose the right side. So the Bears side of Lions at Bears, this has got a 46.5 point over-under. We just saw this game two weeks ago, and they scored 57 points combined in this exact matchup two weeks ago. So we should see plenty of offense. The Lions have struggled a bit defensively lately, have some injury issues. So I think the Bears will be able to score some points as well and kind of force Detroit to keep throwing the ball, which is what we want. So the Lions have the fourth best passing attack in the league. They have the fourth best time of possession ranking in the league. They are only middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, and this is outdoors, so it's not perfect, but I do think that we have quite a bit of value for Tyreek Stevenson, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, the Bears options, so I like that quite a bit. I also like the Panthers side of Panthers at Saints, so this is indoors in New Orleans. The Saints are the ninth best passing attack in the league. They are just outside the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. And Derek Carr continues to get the living hell beat out of him week after week. So I think we maybe could finally see Jameis Winston this week. Their season is swirling the toilet enough. They've got enough injury issues with Carr that I think it may be time. And he is a great, great asset to the world of streaming cornerback. So I hope we get that. Regardless, the Panthers side of that matchup has pretty good setup and we should get some value out of those options over there. I also like the Jets side of Texans at Jets. The Texans have the second best passing attack in the league. They are sixth overall for wide receiver targets. Tank Dell is out for the remainder of the season, but we've seen that Noah Brown is a fine replacement better than fine replacement. You know, that guy, that guy could be a starting wide receiver elsewhere in the league. No problem. So I, I don't think the Texans passing attack slows down that much at all without Tank Dell. So still plenty of value for the Jets side of this. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed should be in for a pretty good week. I like the Broncos side of Broncos at Chargers. Yep, the Chargers did just score six points against the Patriots last week. But, you know, I, I feel like that's a bit of an outlier. This is a division game. These teams know each other very well. The Chargers are still the 10th best passing attack in the league. They still have the third best wide receiver targets ranking in the league. So there should be plenty of value for our Broncos corners in week 14. And then the last one-sided matchup that I really like this week is the Titans side of Titans at Dolphins. The Dolphins are the number one overall best passing attack in the league. They are fifth for wide receiver targets. And what's nice about this beyond that setup is that we've got some talented and productive options to begin with over in Tennessee. We've got Roger McCreary, we've got Christian Fulton, to a lesser extent, Sean Murphy Bunting, but we've got some really good options and we're going to go ahead and put them in a really good setup this week. So that is always good when we see that. So I like that quite a bit. Okay, and then the worst matchups for week 14, there are a few that could be stinky, but there's one that really just stands out and it's been the talk of the town so far this week. So 
Patriots at Steelers. This has got a 33-point over-under. That is the lowest I've seen this entire season. This matchup is like essentially cat poop disguised as dog poop. It is outdoors at night in Pittsburgh, Thursday night football in early December. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's not going to be conducive to offense to begin with. Beyond that, we've got the 28th and 23rd overall passing attacks in the league. And those numbers are a bit misleading because they're front loaded. Those first few games of the season that Mac Jones actually knew how to play quarterback are still holding up that Patriots passing offense ranking a little bit. And those couple few games that Kenny Pickett looked like an actual quarterback are holding up the Steelers passing attack ranking a little bit as well. It's an average. It doesn't go up or down, you know, uh, based off anything but average passing yards each week. So it's difficult to move that ranking one way or the other. So, you know, eyeball test is all I would ask you to, to, to do here. And the eyeball test tells us these are two terrible offenses and especially terrible passing offenses. These guys are 26th and 23rd, respectively, for wide receiver targets, Patriots and Steelers. They both have backup quarterbacks going this week. The number one most popular bet for this game so far this week is no touchdowns at plus 1,400. I have seen that bet discussed in multiple different places from work to Twitter to the fantasy leagues I'm in. Everybody's talking about making this no touchdown bet. That should tell you everything you need to know right there. This is going to be an absolutely horrendous game. I want no part of it for cornerback streaming. All righty. So those are the best, worst, and one-sided matchups for week 14. Let's move on to some guys that I think could end up as a cornerback one or two when it's all said and done this week. First one is going to be Kenny Moore. So he's always a good bet to be a cornerback one or two. This week, he's going up against the new and improved Joe Burrow replacement, who is fresh off of his 354-yard, 32-completion week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, yeah, I mean, Jake Browning, I don't know, man. I don't know if he can keep doing this, but, you know, when you've got that many weapons on the team, it's kind of like what the 49ers have. He doesn't need to do much, right? He just needs to dump it off and let his guys do the rest. And, you know, I, I think that makes for a pretty good setup for Kenny Moore. Never mind that we always start Kenny Moore to begin with. So we're looking pretty good for Kenny Moore this week, I believe. I also like DJ Reed quite a bit, quite a bit is a cornerback one or two this week up against the Texans with their second best in the league passing offense and their sixth overall wide receiver targets ranking. We always like Nate Hobbs, but we really like Nate Hobbs this week against the Vikings in their sixth overall passing attack. They are top third of the league for wide receiver targets, and we should be getting Justin Jefferson back from IR on top of that. So really good setup for Nate Hobbs this week. Plus, that's an indoor game. So lots and lots of positive factors for Nate Hobbs this week. I also like Razul Douglas is a cornerback one or two this week up against the Chiefs in their seventh best passing attack in the league. They are only middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, but we've seen Razul Douglas produce in good matchups, bad matchups, in different matchups, indoors, outdoors different teams, doesn't matter. Razul Douglas gets it done regardless, and he's in a good setup this week, so we should trust him. All right, and the next guy I like as a cornerback one or two this week is Trent McDuffie up against the Bills in their fifth overall passing attack. Bills are 
number seven in the league for wide receiver targets. So they target their wide receivers quite a bit. Another very likely cornerback one or two this week is Darius Slay up against Dallas in their third overall passing attack. Dallas targets their wide receivers the 10th most in the league. Every week is a Duran Bland week. It is especially a Duran Bland week this week up against the Eagles and their excellent passing attack. It is only within the top third of the league for overall passing and middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. But, you know, anyone that's watched football this year knows that the Eagles can blow up any given week for an excellent game when it comes to their passing offense. So I'm not too worried about it. Should, should be plenty of action for Bland this week. And then my final cornerback one or two that I like for this week is Roger McCreary of the Titans up against the best passing attack in the league the Miami Dolphins, who are fifth best for wide receiver targets. So great setup for Roger McCreary in week 14. Some dart throws I like this week, week 14, include Brandon Stevens of the Ravens up against the Rams. So the Rams are within the top third of the league for passing offense. They have the fourth most wide receiver targets in the league. Stevens, last time we recommended him, I believe had six solo tackles in a pass defense. So coming off a pretty good week there. If Tyreek Stevenson is healthy enough to play against the Lions in their fourth overall passing attack, that is a slam dunk. We should absolutely do that. Either way, Kyler Gordon against the Lions for the same setup and the same reasons is a good idea as well. Kyler Gordon doesn't see, you know, perfect playing time, but he's very productive with the 80-ish percent of snaps he gets a week anyways. So I think he makes a good dart throw in week 14. Some more guys I like as dart throws include Dante Jackson up against the Saints in their ninth overall passing attack. Saints target their wide receivers within the top third of the league. So that looks good. I like Sauce Gardner up against the Texans. Uh, we talked about this earlier with Reed. Texans have number two overall passing attack and are sixth in the league for wide receiver targets. So that's a good setup for Sauce. I like Byron Murphy against the Raiders. The Raiders are only a middle-of-the-pack passing offense, but they have the eighth-best wide receiver targets ranking in the game. And this is a rare indoor game for us this week, and we need it. You know, that's going to help because it's starting to get cold out there. It's definitely windy, rainy, and snowy in different places in the country. So if we can get rid of all that and have Byron Murphy in a pretty good setup to begin with, we should absolutely go with that. Another good dart throw in week 14, and, and frankly, this is good every week at this point, is Devin Witherspoon up against the seventh overall San Francisco 49er passing attack. The Niners are only 31st in the league for wide receiver targets, so combined tackles are likely not going to be abundant for Devin Witherspoon this week. But, you know, if your league scores pass defense highly enough, he'll be fine, right? This is like a two or three pass defense game for Devin Witherspoon. And in most of the leagues I'm in, that's fine. That, that'll that get us to at or just under double digits, and that's fine with me. Um, another good dart throw this week is Legereus Sneed up against the Bills. Bills have the fifth best passing attack target their wide receivers seventh most in the league. And then on the other side of that, Teron Johnson of the Bills up against the Chiefs in their seventh best passing attack. They are only middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, but Teron Johnson will get some run defense tackles as well, I would guess. And then my final dart throw for week 14 would be Jaquan McMillian of the Broncos up against the Chargers, 10th overall passing attack in the league. They are third in the league for wide receiver targets. Jaquan McMillian does not have anything close to perfect playing time, but he typically sees about 80% of snaps or so 
in these types of games against these really good passing offenses. And he's been super productive regardless. So, you know, the playing time he does get, he makes the most of it. And it is what it is. At this point in the season, with all the shenanigans and the injuries and the nonsense, you know, we can't settle for perfect. We got to take the best we can get sometimes. And that is Jaquan McMillian this week, no doubt. All righty. Let's move on to some bad ideas that may seem good. Week 14 edition. So this is something I keep seeing over and over and over again. So I decided to just talk about it this week. So some good examples right here. CJ Henderson, Elijah Molden, Damari Mathis, guys like that, right? So there are multiple different cornerbacks listed on Yahoo, Sleeper, My Fantasy League that do not play cornerback currently. Or if they do, it's for a cup of coffee a game. So C.J. Henderson was only in for 35% of snaps last week. Elijah Molden, only 24% of snaps last week. Damari Mathis, only 13% of snaps last week. And these were guys that had projections of 11 points in my Yahoo leagues, which, you know, just to kind of put that in tackle terms, that's like five combined tackles in a pass defense, right? There's no way Damari Mathis is getting five combined tackles and a pass defense on 13% of snaps. There's no way Elijah Molden is getting five combined tackles and a pass defense on 24% of snaps. So I'm, I'm seeing similar projections to this across Yahoo, Sleeper, and MFL, right? So whoever these guys are using, they're all using the same place for these projections, and these projections are way off. They're, they're behind on the times. They don't know that C.J. Henderson, Damari Mathis, Elijah Molden, guys like that, have been either displaced or demoted or, in C.J. Henderson's case, was a backup to begin with, and J.C. Horn is back. So, you know, his job isn't what it used to be. He's going back to the bench. Uh, so these guys are way off, right? Uh, so I guess my message with this is don't chase projections when it comes to anything iffy, right? Especially right now, we've, we've got fantasy playoffs right around the corner. And I know, I know it's stressful to trust something when it's, you know, a low projection or a zero projection, but, you know, we've been on top of this since week one. We have a bit much better understanding of what's going on with the current cornerback environment than anyone at Yahoo, Sleeper, or My Fantasy League. I guarantee that. So, you know, take my word over, over it, over them, you know, follow the data follow the snaps, I, you know, I would trust that over these projections, you know, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. And, and as I mentioned in one of these previous episodes, I won a matchup because of this. I won a matchup against a guy who played Damari Mathis and Elijah Molden when they weren't playing and eight to zero and, and maybe like a one or a two out of the other guy and, you know, only lost by 20 points. If he had nailed those two cornerback calls, he might have won that matchup. So, you know, this is important stuff. You could win or lose a matchup based off these decisions. You know, that's why we do this. That's why we stream corner, because it can, it can help us win matchups we don't have any business winning. It can put us over the top in a close matchup. And if we do it wrong, it can also, you know, sink us. It can also make us lose a matchup that we might have won. So. You know, just a reminder to stay on top of things and, you know, not to make any iffy calls with fantasy playoffs so close to, to you know, occurring. All righty, I'll get off the uh, soapbox now and we'll move on to some miscellaneous notes for week 14. 
All right, so first things first, A.J. Terrell did suffer a concussion last week pretty early into that game. Clark Phillips is the replacement. This is good in theory. Tampa Bay's in town this week. They've got a pretty decent passing attack. They just cracked the top 10 for wide receiver targets. So, you know, Tampa Bay is heading in the right direction in regards to teams we want to stream corner against. However, this Clark Phillips guy, we've seen this once, right? This isn't week one. We can't screw around. This isn't the type of thing I would trust this week. And, you know, beyond telling you about the A.J. Terrell concussion here, this is more just kind of a metaphor, I guess you could say, for how to play these things in the last couple weeks here before fantasy playoffs. Like, you can take risks in week one, in week five, even in week 10. You got to really dial back the risk right now. You can't beat yourself. You got to make the other guy beat you when we're this close to playoffs. Because, you know, the alternative is if you beat yourself, you're going to feel much worse about it than if you just set a legit lineup and the guy beats you straight up, you know, man to man, if you will. That's fine. That It is what it is. That's the fantasy, guys. There's nothing we can do about that. But you beating yourself because you started Clark Phillips after seeing it once for part of a game because A.J. Terrell went out with a concussion. And then guess what? Terrell doesn't start next week and they go with a different guy because they want to see game film on him instead or for whatever reason. And we eat a zero. That, that's, that's not something we want to do. Not right now, anyway. We can play those games earlier in the season. We cannot play them right now. All righty, moving on. So Cam Taylor-Britt, as mentioned earlier, is off to IR. Pour some out for Cam Taylor-Britt. We will miss him. DJ Turner is now set in stone in Cincy because of that fact. DJ Turner's been pretty hot recently and saw a 100% of snaps last week. So that makes him a safe and a good option for the rest of the year. Tyson Campbell, Jaguars. Returned from a multi-week injury last week. He played 100% of snaps, but he picked up a different injury. I believe it was a quad injury. However, this time he's only considered day-to-day, so that's good news. Hopefully we've got Tyson Campbell back. He is an excellent, excellent streaming corner option. If he can stay healthy for the remainder of this season, we'll certainly be able to use him, that's for sure. He is great. Speaking of great cornerback options that have come back from multi-week injuries, J.C. Horn was back last week. He did only play 52% of snaps his first week back, but we've seen that before, too. If I had to bet bet on it or guess, I would say he's probably going to play closer to like 75, 80% this week. And then by week 15, he's back to his full 100% of snaps. And we've got a really nice streaming cornerback option for the playoff run. So really good news there. Between getting Campbell, Horn, and Derek Stingley back in the last three weeks, that is three excellent streaming corner options right in time for us to use them for fantasy playoffs. So we shall take it. All righty. Last miscellaneous note here for week 14. So Desmond King, who was a depth player for the Steelers, was released You know, about a week or two ago. He's been claimed by his old team, the Houston Texans. He got back on the team. He immediately displaced Javier Thomas as the nickelback. And I believe Javier Thomas displaced Shaq Griffin before that. I can't remember the exact order of operations here, but I do know it was Javier Thomas's job as of a couple weeks ago. Regardless, it's not anymore. So Desmond King played 70% of snaps last week. If I recall correctly, he led all Texans in combined tackles last week as well. Yeah, 10 combined tackles last week on 70% of snaps 
as a nickel cornerback. That's spectacular. That's also par for the course for Desmond King. Anyone that remembers him from previous seasons knows that this is his M.O. right here. He's never going to have perfect playing time, but he's always extremely productive with the playing time he does get. And I believe he's a punter, a kick returner. So you get return yards on top of that as well. So really good option here. You know, I can't say it's perfect for leagues of all sizes. You know, I I want those extra 30% of snaps. I'm probably going to take someone else. But in a deeper league as a cornerback three or four, absolutely. That's a great option right there. So, you know, getting another good option just in time for fantasy playoffs with Desmond King. That is some great news right there. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Not a whole lot to talk about besides those, you know, few notes there and the normal stuff we talk about. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I I hope you guys have a good week. I wish you luck. I know this is a tough part of the season, but all you can do is make the best decisions that you can possibly make. And after that, it's in the hands of the fantasy gods. So, you know, at least do that first part. And then, you know, that helps with the second part, right? Those who are prepared have better luck than those who are not. All righty. Final shout out, or or I guess just a reminder, California listeners, don't forget about the Touchdown Hoedown every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is at the Desert 5 spot at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. For details, contact at Lamont at L-A-M-0-N-T-562 on Twitter. All right. Thank you all for listening. Good luck this week, everybody. Go lock up those fantasy playoff berths, and then uh, I'll meet you back here, same time, same place next week, and we'll get ready for fantasy playoffs. Take care, everyone. Good luck. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show.